I'm Carlos Virgen, and this is The Storyline, produced by The Day in New London, Connecticut. On this week's episode, a school in Groton closes its doors for good after promoting its last fifth grade class. There will be racing at Waterford Speed Bowl this year after all. A new grocery store opens in Waterford. Today was special because it's the closing of a great school. We've worked hard to make it a great school. Today was a way of celebrating some of the things that we've done with our students. Groton's Pleasant Valley Elementary School, which was built in the 1950s, closed for good on Thursday after promoting its last fifth grade class. The closure was a result of the town's ongoing budget crisis. The students have opted to attend magnet schools or were reassigned to other Groton schools. Reporter Deb Strazheim stopped by to talk about the school's closure. I'm definitely sad to see them go, but... Hey Deb, uh, welcome to the podcast. Um, how are you? Great. The school year is ending uh, for the, the area, for the region, uh, and we're doing high school graduations this week. We've got, I think, four or five today and another four or five tomorrow. It's kind of a crazy time for the newsroom, um, uh, and you're the Groton reporter, and you were at the fifth grade graduation at Pleasant Valley Elementary School in Groton, and it happens to be the last fifth grade that is graduating from Pleasant Valley. Can you give us a little bit of background as to how um, the school ended up in that position where it's having to close? So Pleasant Valley Elementary School is closing basically because the town cannot afford to keep it open. Groton is expecting to get a significant cut from the state in terms of its educational cost-sharing grant, which is basically the money that they use to run the schools. They're expecting to lose about $5 million, and um, so they cut the budget substantially. They cut the education budget, and they had to figure out how they could come up with a large amount of money, and they figured they had to close the school. And unfortunately, this was the school that they chose. Pleasant, it was slated to close anyway when the town built its new schools, but the budget crisis forced them to, to act in a hurry and really kind of scramble to close this building. So there are 300 children there, and the children and their parents were notified that the school right. was going to close. So the fifth graders are moving on to middle school? So the fifth graders are moving on to middle school. A number of these families have younger siblings who will be assigned, reassigned to other schools. Most of the children are going to Charles Barnum, which is a nearby school, and others are going to magnet schools in Groton or other elementary schools in Groton. How about the staff at the school? The staff are, have also been reassigned. Uh, there are going to be layoffs as a result of the closing Initially, when they announced it, they said they would uh, be cutting 18 teachers to custodians, uh, secretary, and an administrator. Um, those cuts may not be from that, those staff. The layoffs are done by seniority, so they may occur in other schools in the district. So there may be cuts at other schools, and some of these uh, staff from Pleasant Valley might be reassigned itself. So, this, so the, all of the teachers have been reassigned. Some of the other staff are still waiting for their assignments. They don't know yet where they're going to be. So it's kind of like musical chairs right, and right. the music hasn't stopped playing yet. Right, right. Um, so what was the, the mood yesterday? I, I imagine bittersweet ending to the school? There were some tears among the staff, some among the parents. 
Um, the children are getting used to the idea, uh, but some of them are sad. They've got friends that will be going to different schools in the fall. And I was very fortunate all my years here to work with wonderful people, amazing students, and fabulous parents. It's been a great school. One of the things that the school did do to try to ease the children into the transition was they held field trips to the new schools, new schools. Oh, which was great, yeah. which was very sweet. And then they held special recesses, so they'd have all the kids who are going to Charles Barnum next year, you can all go out to recess together, oh. so that they would see who's going to be at my new school with right, me. Right. Pleasant Valley is a is a a military school. It has a large portion of military children there. And at one time, it was one of two schools in Groton for the children of enlisted personnel. One of the things that's unique about the school because of the military children is that the teachers and the staff really have like sort of a family type of environment there. They're, it's, it's a real community at the school because they were seeing these children whose parents were leaving on right. assignment being deployed. So then I, I wonder if, if one of the concerns for, as a, from a parent's standpoint would be, are they going to get the same kind of um, treatment or environment at, at some of these other schools? Well, Charles Barnum, where many of the children are going, is also a predominantly military okay. children. And back in the, is also predominantly military. Right. And back in the day, Charles Barnum was where the officer's children Got went. You. Right. Um, but but both those schools are military schools, have a lot of military children. So they are accustomed to the transition. The transition. Yeah. Um, having said that, one of the unique things about Pleasant Valley is how they would kind of embrace these children from all these different areas and states and wherever they were coming from and, and help the parents. And one of the mothers was telling me that if her son was missing an assignment, the teacher would text her from her personal cell phone and let her know. You know, that doesn't happen every day right. that a teacher does that. And that's the kind of closeness that they had with the staff there that I think that they're, that they're concerned that they're not going to have. So even though it's a difficult thing to have to close a school, the superintendent got up and spoke to the parents and the staff and, and the students, and he said, a school building is not a school community. Right. The school community is you. Right. He, he basically said, think about it as um, us sharing our school community, not the school community and ending. And it was a very hopeful way to, to think about it. A building is not a school community. The community is you. This building is it's not what provided the education in the school community that have nurtured these children. What, what really has done that is the community. Just overall, in terms of education cuts, the, the district was really turned upside down this year. And Of our local towns, it seems Groton is the one that's been hit the most and potentially will continue to suffer right. from some of these budgetary problems. Well, right. And the, the other thing is that even now, the town does not know what the, what the cut from the state will be. So they've cut this, they've closed right. the school, and they've cut these programs. Some of these decisions can't be undone. Like, you can't undo closing a school. Right. But at the same time, they didn't want to be in a position where they had didn't have enough money to run what they did have open. Right. So 
Well, more to come from from Groton, especially once the the special session takes place in in Hartford, and and so I'm sure you'll be reporting more on this. Hopefully, hopefully better news. Hopefully, better news out of Groton. Yes. Well, thank you very much, Deb. Thank you. After some uncertainty following criminal charges being filed against the Speed Bulls owner, the local racing community is getting ready for the official opening day on June 24th. Martha Shanahan gave us an update. Stuff is happening at the Speed Bowl, yeah, right? Yeah, stuff is happening. Since you were last here to, to report on the future of the Speed Bowl, and back then it looked like uh, the future was not that bright for the Speed Bowl. It looked like it was going to close, especially after... It lost its um, relationship with NASCAR. Uh, all of this related to a criminal case involving the owner, right? Can you kind of catch us up on on that and and then tell us what the latest is? Yeah. So yeah, you're right. Things were not looking too good, um, and I think that there was uh, a lot of confusion and a lot of uncertainty. Someone at the Speedball had been putting out on Facebook and and on their website, and then having to having to take those back about. Um, various agreements and leases and ownership and stuff. So the owner of the Speed Bowl, who who bought who bought the track at auction in 2014, in March he was arrested on on human trafficking charges. So since he was arrested, it's been kind of unclear what was going to happen and whether there was going to be a season. Um, so NASCAR pulled their sanctioning of the Af- after he was arrested. NASCAR pulled its sanction of the of the of the races so basically it means that they can't be none of the races are sponsored by nascar and you can't really get i think it's nascar points right. <laughs> so yeah a few weeks ago um this guy who's a former racer and also a mechanic and he he decided to he just he said he, he told me he faxed a proposal to to the owner bruce beamer's lawyers and sort of just sent it out there not really expecting anything and they um got back to him and uh, they worked out some kind of deal. So he's he'll be operating the Speed Bowl for at least this season and he says in the future as well. And so they, they have a practice that they're preparing for on uh, June 17th, I believe. And then the first day of the first Saturday races will be on the 24th. So you And you were out there at the Speed Bowl yesterday. Yeah. What, so what was going on? Yeah, so I went out there uh, because they had put out a post on Facebook asking people to come and help volunteer to get this, the track ready. And, uh, people are pretty optimistic at this point. I think, the, um, uh, I mean, the people who were there were people who will sort of support the Speed Bowl no matter, mm-hmm. no matter what and aren't really letting these fairly serious charges against the owner really get in the way. I mean, one thing that a lot of people have said is that the speedboat has been around for longer than than Beamer. Than Beamer and and the people have been going there since they were kids for for generations back in their family and and while they all acknowledge that the charges are serious and it's not I mean, it makes I think it makes everyone a little bit squeamish. The message that I was getting from everybody is that they just want to they just want to race. They just want to race. Um, any Changes that are expected uh, at the Speed Bowl um, beyond yeah. who's uh, who operates the Speed Bowl, and uh, yeah, obviously the NASCAR sign is off the the, the the NASCAR logo is off the Speed Bowl sign. What, yeah. what other changes? George Whitney, the guy who signed the lease to operate it this season, said that he plans on keeping everything 
as normal as possible and keeping everything the same. I mean, they're starting the season Later, two months right, late. Right. It should have started at the beginning of May. Um, and he told me that he's negotiating with NASCAR okay. and another race sanctioning organization. But he says he says that everything's going to be the, the same. And the, the people that were there yesterday were pretty optimistic that it would, you know, at least at least uh, match up to their memories of the Speed Bowl right. and, and what they hope will happen there going forward. It's the Sports Doctor, Keith P. O'Brien. If you want a different take, if you want a different angle, a different way to view sports, well, check out my weekly podcast, and I will show you the way. From a fan's standpoint, we'll bring you great guests, local, national, athletes, coaches, players, you name it. I'll bring it to you. Sports Doctor Podcast, right here on theday.com. Aldi. Aldi. You were there this morning in Waterford. Grand yeah. opening of Aldi in Waterford. Yeah. Very exciting day. Um, How many people were out there? When I got there at about 8.15, there were uh, maybe 75 people, 50 or 75 people lined up. Um, How early? I was there at 8. 15 in the morning but uh the some of the some of the people working there said that the first people had gone there at 6 a.m when i was still very much fast asleep for people that aren't aren't familiar i'm i wasn't familiar with aldi um what can you yeah let us know what what you could expect at aldi yeah so it's a german it's a german chain that i believe was started shortly after world war ii um and they've in the past few years, I guess, been expanding in the U.S. and just announced this week that they're planning a, you know, a expansion to uh, by a few hundred stores in the next few years mm. um, all over the U.S. Um, and they kind of market themselves as a, a sort of maybe like a pared down version of Walmart. Um, it's it's not that big and there's sort of all of the f- the bells and whistles have been taken away right. and you, it's just sort of just the the groceries there um so they charge you for plastic bags there isn't a lot there aren't a lot of posters or decorations or advertisements everywhere and the display the display of the the products are is kind of pared down yeah. you mentioned right yeah it's kind of just sitting there s- still on the cardboard pallets right and you have to kind of go in there and, and grab it yourself. Um, and the, basically, they 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 save money wherever wherever right. they can. One of the more infamous, I guess, ways that they do that is by making you rent the shopping carts with a quarter. So you right. put a quarter in, and you get your card, and then you get your quarter back when you return it. So that's something that a lot of the most people associate with Aldi. And they charge you for uh, bags, grocery yes, bags. Yes, I right? believe so. Yeah. And uh, they, you know, they they work their employees hard. I mean, I was talking to the manager, and she pointed out that one of the cashiers um, was there was a sort of lull in the line, and so she didn't have any customers at her cash register. And um, the manager was saying, like, on a normal day, if this was an opening day, you would never see that she would be up and helping clean something, or helping stock shelves, or helping with the carts, or or doing something and wouldn't just be sitting there. So they really don't, they, they really sort of have their employees do everything. Right. The, the location is the former 
location of the bowling alley in Waterford, right yeah, across the street from Stop Stop and Shop. Yeah, so it's it's uh, it's on the site of a of a bowling alley that a lot of people in Waterford, I think, grew up going to um, called Family Bowl. It was duck pin bowling, um, and they they knocked down they knocked down the bowling alley and and have put up the, the grocery store. And yeah, it's across the street from a Stop and Shop, which. I, I get the impression that they don't really intend to compete with Stop and Shop. It seems like they're different markets, and people think of Stop and Shop as being more expensive. Um, but I don't know. Maybe maybe people will be crossing the street and going to Aldi instead. And and some jobs, right? Some job yeah. local jobs for yeah. for for people. Yeah, twelve people are working there. I think they're hiring another person. Um, and uh, the manager told me that most of the people working there are from around the area. Are you going to go to Aldi? Are you going to do your grocery shopping in we'll Aldi? We'll see. I, I end up driving up because I write, uh, I'm in Waterford so much, I end up driving up that, that stretch quite a bit. So yeah. I'll, I might I might stop in to yeah. see, and, and next time I need something, I'll, I'll it, see what they have. And you'll give us the update on, yeah. on, on the quality and your experience. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks to the day's Tim Cook for audio excerpts from a video he produced for the Pleasant Valley Elementary School story. You can watch the complete video at theday.com. What does leave work now mean to you? What does it imply? It implies that wherever you're sitting listening to this, it is not as fun as what you could be doing. (laughs) Exactly. We're the harbingers of relaxation. It's your job every day to go and do what other people would consider fun. So this podcast is sort of like going along with you. You want to go with me the next time I attend a Yanni concert? Leave work now with Rick Costner. Find us on the day.com or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.